Okay, with Mike Dietz, Aubrey Gump is the short film. It's 50 seconds. It's animation played at the under five minute film festival. Kind of a clever film. Uh, Mike, I love the story about how this film got made. So why don't tell the audience like kind of the process of like what inspired you to make this 50 second short film? Well, last year I was working uh, on a freelance job and I met a producer named Casey Folan. Um, and Casey also is the creator of Animation Wildcard, which is a, it's a little, um, it's not quite a festival, but it's, it's, a, it's a YouTube channel that they have where basically they compile. Would it be fair to say it's a collective? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a collective. Uh, and they, I don't know, I think four times a year they put out uh, an episode on YouTube of just a compilation of short animated films. She started doing it during the pandemic uh, because most of, most of what's done in Animation Wildcard is stop motion films. And stop motion was one of the things you can't do remotely. So a lot of stop motion animators were kind of sitting around yeah. with a little spare time. Uh, so they started putting that together. They would ask people to do like anywhere between 30 second to 90 second shorts and they would compile them and put them out. And uh, it was a cool thing. So she invited me to submit a film for an upcoming episode of animation wildcard. Uh, and so I thought, okay, well, what can I do in 30 to 90 seconds. Um, I tried to come up with something where I could tell kind of an interesting story in that amount of time um, that would be fun to animate, but also would be doable, you know, I, that I could do in my spare time. So uh, I just came up with this idea of this little grumpy man, Aubrey Grump, and, and uh, ran with that. So, and then, then it played a, at a certain episode, it played at an episode on the, on the, on the channel, right? Yeah, I think I think it came out last October, maybe. Um, oh no, no, it was this year. So I don't remember when it was. It was several so it, months. Ago. But it played. You can go to people can go to uh, animationwildcard.com. And yeah, we, they can check out all the episodes. So that's a really cool idea. But then at the same time, it's like it doesn't it doesn't take like a weekend to do this film. It's it's it's, an, it's still uh, an animation film, stop motion hand drawing animation. So it's really how long did it take you to make it? I probably spent two or three months working on it, like here and there. You know, I had to sure. fit it in around my my paying gigs. But, you know, when I had time in the evenings or on a weekend, I, I would jump in and, and do some animation. I mean, I love to animate. So it's like I animate for a living, but like for fun, I animate. So this this gave me something just to relax with and, and work on when I got a chance. So, but yeah, it was probably about, two and a half months, you know, from start to finish, from from designing the character and uh, figuring out what I was going to do to animating and and then inking and painting and then the sound design and, and all that and then the compositing. So, yeah, it was, you know, it was a short little fun project. Yeah, it's a, it's a really great, fantastic project, too, in, in terms of Thank in you. terms of. Uh... Well, like, cause it's got, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a great character that you can see more. I don't know what you, what your ideas are, but I, you can see more versions of this character, like different kinds of situations of Aubrey Grump, because it seems it's like a, there's a, something universal about it. Right. Uh, it's just, it's, it, your story is basic. It's like in a sense where it's like, it's rainy, he's happy, 
it then it gets sunny and beautiful and colorful and then he's not happy right so yeah i think i, I think people responded to it because it's relatable right yeah like, 100 that's what i, I mean 100 you know i mean everybody everybody knows somebody or has worked for somebody that uh that they it feels like they're only happy when they're miserable or they're complaining yeah. or maybe you know people see a little bit of themselves in 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 there you know it's like you know, I, I should be happy, but I'm, I'm not. So I, I think the fact that it's relatable is what people enjoy about it. And it was interesting listening to the feedback that I got from this festival uh, of people asking to see more of the character, because it never even occurred to me. To me, it's just a one-off. Um, and, and he, as a character, is sort of the device to tell the story. But I don't know, maybe maybe I'll do something else with them because it's super fun to animate. You know, it, it's like very simple character, lots of shape changes and what he's doing. So it, it, it's and that, and that was part of what I was trying to do with the film. I figured if I'm going to spend my time doing this, I want to create something that will be fun for me to draw and fun for me to animate. And yeah, and it's, I love the color contrast where it's a kind of like a black and white film and then it turns into like a a color uh, a colorful film and and it's like it, it is in his uh so how do you like in terms of his like his kind of uh like his character design so he's like got a, like a large nose he's got like I don't even know how to describe it it's just kind of like he's almost like a cup but then with a, with a with a face how do you yeah do you yeah write different vert like do you like draw different versions of him until you finally find the right one so. Normally, that's what I do uh, when I design a character. Sort of the mandate I gave myself for this film was, I'm going to figure it out pretty quickly, and I'm going to move fast on it. So I sat down one day when after Casey had asked me to, to submit a film, and, and I gave myself 15 minutes. I said, all right, I'm going to come up with something to do. And so, like, in a couple minutes, I said, oh, I'll have this. And I think I was dealing with some people who were pretty cranky at the time. And so I came up with the idea for this guy with the umbrella and and, and everything. And then uh, I just started sketching some characters. And, you know, he's definitely very influenced by, like, uh, the old UPA style, right? I wanted I wanted something that sort of felt like that. And I was looking for something that wasn't super clean, was kind of scratchy uh, in terms of the drawing, because I knew that would be easier to animate. I wouldn't have to clean it up. Um, yeah, and I did like one or two drawings, and I was like, oh, yeah, I like the way this guy looks. And, and as I'm animating him, you know, it's funny that that you say he looks like a cup. I, In my mind, I kind of imagine his body as like a, like a little Petri dish, <laughs> you know, like a little disc. And then his head and, and his face is just like this um, almost like clay just sitting in the, in the dish. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. So, okay. So basically, so then you just, you, you basically just like you design the character and you kind of like in the, the initial, like you knew it has to be, it would be under a minute. So you can't be overly complicated with the story, right? You just had to like kind of get in, get out and try to tell a story with an, an under in under a minute, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think you know, there's something elegant about being able to tell a story in that short of time. Uh, you know, there there was a film 
called um, A Tale of Momentum and Inertia. By It was directed by a guy named Cameron Gates that, that I worked with last year. Um, and it's like the perfect film. It's like a minute long. It tells this, this fun little story. It's actually an action film, but still has, within a minute, it's an action film, but it still has quiet moments in it. Uh, it's just it's a genius piece of filmmaking and and it's and it's done in a minute and so I, I used to teach uh, an animated filmmaking class at Cal State Fullerton here in California where students would have two semesters to make a film they would storyboard it and design everything in the first semester the second semester they, they would animate it mm-hmm. and I would always tell them make a one minute film don't don't kill yourself trying to make like this four, five, six, seven minute film in in, uh, in two semesters. Make a one minute film. I used to show them that that uh, tale of momentum and inertia and say, "Here's what you can do in a minute." And very few of them ever did it because it takes a certain amount of discipline to make something that concise and still have it work. You yeah. know, and and uh, and so that's sort of what I was shooting for, and and actually. My mine is less than a minute. It's fifty seconds, but really the payoff of the film, and the, the film gets paid off, and the characters walked off screen by about thirty five seconds. And I, <laughs> then I give you another fifteen seconds, um, which was very intentional. Another fifteen seconds where I threw the credits in, but there's still like, you know, the bird chirping and the ambiance, because yeah. um, I wanted to like give you a moment before the thing ended to. Think about what you just saw and think about what just happened. You know, if he walked off screen and, and I just cut it there, then you, you're kind of moving on to your next thing in your day, right? But this gives you like even 15 seconds uh, to sort of like ruminate on what just happened. Um, but still, it's all it's all in less than a minute. And when I was animating him, I admit he was really fun to animate. And I kept thinking, oh, maybe I'll have him do this and maybe I'll have him do that. And it very easily could have ballooned out to two and three, two that's or three. The, minutes. That's the sequel. That's the next chapter <laughs> yeah. of the character. And so, but yeah, I, I, I had the discipline to keep it concise. And, and I think for what it is, it works better that way. Well, it's interesting that you talked about that because that's when I went to, I was like a bright eyed small town person. I went to a film school in New York and the teacher, the professor, kind of this like loud guy, that's what he said to me on the first day of film school is that make a film in 30 seconds. If you can't make a film, tell, tell beginning, middle, end story in 30 seconds, you have no right making a five minute film, then make a film in one minute. And then sort of like, that was, that was the idea that I got. Like, it's like, I, how do you, how do you tell a story and basically grab the audience and tell a complete story in that time? Which is funny now because we do one page screenplay contests where we people, screenwriters write just a one page script and they have to tell a beginning, middle, and, uh, and end story just in one script. And it's like, there's something about that creative kind of concept where you're like, you can't extend it. You just have to tell the story quickly, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and like you can, you can look at that as a limitation or you could look at that as guardrails, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think as guardrails, it keeps you from going crazy and it keeps you from getting off point. You know, it forces you to keep it simple and you know, simple things tend to be very impactful, right? Hundred mm-hmm. percent. That, that well, yeah. That's I guess that's that's what the advertisers say too, right? Like in the, yeah, when they make ads. So 
Well, and I've worked on commercials and, and yeah. you know, 15 second spots and 10 second spots and, and you're forced to like figure it out. How do, how do I make this happen in 10, 15 seconds? So. Yeah, that's what they do. Okay. So tell, okay. So you basically submitted to them. I'm sure they were happy with your product when you, when you gave them the product, which is kind of amazing. And then you, now you're submitting that like you are, you submit to our festival. What motivated you to like kind of submit to other festivals and, and, uh, and get it out there more. Well, I had no idea that there were festivals that featured super short films like this. Like that had never really occurred to me. And then um, I found the five minute um, feedback festival because my nephew, who's a film student at George Mason University, uh, worked on a film that was submitted and I, I believe it won best one minute film earlier this year. It was called uh, Going Down. It was a live action film about two guys in an elevator. And and uh, my nephew, Brian Hersey, was the stunt coordinator. Oh, so yeah, he, I remember that. I talked. To, yeah. I actually did an interview with those guys. Yeah. OK, yeah. So so Brian, Brian choreographed all the fight scenes. And Brian's the guy uh, with the glasses. And he's in the movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was so, in, I think interviewed him, too. Yeah, I interviewed the director and, and him. And I remember that film. Yeah. And so uh, that that alerted me to the to the festival that you guys were doing, and I thought, oh well, I'll throw this in there. It's done. And then I I went on <laughs> Film Freeway, and I found a, a bunch of other festivals, you know, like the One Minute Film Festival and the Micro Short Film Festival. And I thought, well, if it's if there's festivals that feature that, I, this is definitely a one minute film. So um, yeah, so it's gotten into a few festivals so far. So we're the seed of that. I, I love that idea. Like, yes, yeah. definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you just saw, obviously saw other film festivals and it's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing. I like, I like to hear that. That's pretty cool. And sort of, it's all through word of mouth, I guess. Right. Yeah, really. And, uh, and you know, your festival, I love the idea that it, that there's feedback, right. Yeah. Because a lot of times you create the stuff and you send it out into the world. And unless you're in a room with people who are watching it, um, the best you can hope for are comments on the internet, right? But to actually get that video of audience members giving you a little bit of feedback and telling you what they thought. And I found it really interesting to see what people pulled out of it, you know, what what they got out of it versus what I was putting into it. it, it that was really fun. I wish there were more festivals that did that. That's cool. And so to, before I forget, but tell me about the sound design, because it says that there's a Robert, same last name as you, did, who did the music. That's, I'm assuming, is a relative of yours? Yeah, that's my son. Your son, <laughs> your son did the music. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I had a piece of temp music um, in there, and I just wanted a very simple bass riff. And um, my son is a producer at um, a documentary film company, but he also plays guitar and a bunch of other instruments. So I said... Hey, can you just give me a bass riff? And I, I sent him the locked picture and uh, he went off and he just did this, you know, fun little, you know, he wanted to do something more elaborate. And I was, I was like, no, let's, let's keep it very, very simple. And um, yeah, so it was, the, it was fun to collaborate with him on that. And what, and who did the sound design? Uh, the sound design was me. Like, like uh, my, if I wasn't an animator, I probably would have gone into sound design because I find it really fascinating. So I'm, I'm very amateurish 
but um, I know just enough to be dangerous about sound design. So I like that. That's a good line that you just said. I'm a little bit amateurish, <laughs> but I'm just enough to be dangerous. That's that, I like that. I'm going to remember that one for a long time because it, because it, because it's, 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 you're basically saying that you're good, <laughs> but you're not like you're, you don't do this for a living basically. Right. So. No, I absolutely don't do it for a living, but I really enjoy doing it. And I've done it on other projects too. So you get to really dice down and you, obviously, you know, like, like, like sound design is key for animation films, right? Like there's some, there's some amazing sound designs in, in animation films, like some of the best of all time. Right. So yeah. And this is pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, I, I always say, you know, 50% of animation is sound, right? <laughs> you know, if you if you start putting sound effects on top of your animation, it, it makes it it makes it sing. So what do you okay, so I'm, I'm looking at your credits on uh, IMDB. So you do a lot of video, you work up for uh, like do animations for a lot of video game, like you work for a video game company? Is that what I'm kind of deciphering? Yeah, I've worked a lot over the years for video games. Um Right now, I I work for myself. I'm a, I'm a freelancer, but I contract for different companies. So, um, yeah, over the years, I've started companies, I've worked for companies, and I've freelanced for companies. So, done I've done a lot of video game work, um, some television, a little bit of film. Um, you know, really, I kind of go to whatever wherever the fun project is. So yeah, I see that you worked on some like uh, Pixar films. Like, uh, did you work for Disney or? No, I didn't work on any of the Pixar films, but I. I no, I mean, I, is it in the video game? The, sorry, the video game version of the films. Yeah, yeah. So I was working for a company uh, called Heavy Iron, which was a um, a satellite studio of THQ, which is a bigger video game company, and they had a relationship with Disney and especially Pixar. So we did a lot of um, video games for their movies, which is really fun because the the video games would come out the same day as the movie. Yeah. So so we got to spend a lot of time up at Pixar um while the movies were in development and see the story reels and and understand how they were making the movies. So, you know, as a storyteller, it was it was like going to school, being able to go up there and watch the progression of those films getting made and and how they how they did it up there. Because they went on a little bit of a, I call it the golden era for me, but they, because you worked on Ratatouille, which is an amazing film. You worked as a, on a video game. Then Wally, which I just saw on Saturday again for the first time in like 15 years. So it's funny that you you worked on the video game for that. And then, then Up, which are like three brilliant films right in a row. You did the video games for all of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ratatouille was especially interesting Um to go along for the ride at the development of the film because it changed so much. Uh, you know, the story got really? rewritten. Um, Brad Bird was not the original director. Uh, Jan Pinkova was the original writer and director and took the story in one direction. And then Brad came in to um, finish the movie and they kind of took it in a different direction, which was really um, harrowing for us because we were making this game based on the original direction of the film, and then can the you say what direction? Because I just saw that film again, my, like a, a couple months ago. Can you tell us what direction they were going in? I'm just so curious. Uh, it was just the story was very different. Um, uh, Gusto, the uh, the the main chef, 
didn't die in the movie. He he was kind of a big part of the movie. Um, the love interest wasn't part of the movie at that point. Um, the the biggest difference for us as animators on the video game side was in the original version of the movie. Um, the rats were more anthropomorphic. So they were less like real rats and more like little rat people. Um, and then when, when Brad came in, apparently he said, you know, no, they should be rats. They need, they need to scurry around like rats. And then, you know, as Remy becomes more humanized in the human world as a chef, he'll stand up on two legs. And, and so we had rigged all these characters and made all these characters to be like little humans and those rigs didn't work down on all fours to scurry around like rats. So we had to kind of change everything at the last yeah. minute. And so, you know, that's, that's the, the hazards of being, you know, one-on-one -on -one with the movie is you have to react as the movie reacts. It's so funny that, cause he, it's almost like a human, it's a crazy story. Of course it doesn't, doesn't, it's no, there's no basis of reality in it, but, but he humanized the rats. Whereas like say Madagascar, they're always on two legs, right? Like these, the, those animals, like the, the, whatever, the lion and the giraffe or whatever. And he, in Brad Bird, who, who's gone off to a pretty exceptional career, he kind of said, let's humanize these rats and let's, they're, they're rats. We're not going to make them human slash rat, I guess. Right. Yeah. I think what we were told initially, and I hope I'm getting the story right. The yeah. people from Pixar will probably tell me I've got it backwards or, or wrong, but what we were told initially was um, the rats shouldn't be like on all fours and rats because then people will be grossed out when they watch the movie, seeing actual rats in the kitchen. Um, so they were more anthropomorphized. But then when Brad came in, he said, no, 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 they need to be rats yeah. because that's the heart of the story. That's the story. It's is, the is, is Remy's transformation from the rat world into the human world and then back. And, and so they had to have, they had to be rat-like to go from rats to to where he went. So yeah, it's a gutsy call, but it's like he was in hindsight he was right, I guess, right? Yeah, it, Brad, if if nothing, is gutsy. Like he he makes those calls, which is why he makes such great movies. Yeah, that, thank you for sharing that. I love that. And then so like, is this because it's such a it's such it's a brilliant film. It's like it really is. Yeah. Yeah, it's rewatchable for generations. It's got that rewatchable appeal. Appeal, like you know, my kids, kids, kids can watch that film in like sixty years, right? So I agree, hundred percent. So, so then now, so now you're 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 doing that, and now you're doing some like you're doing freelancing. Are you doing like are you working on movies? Are the video games? Or are you just kind of picking the like you're taking the projects that come to you? Yeah, yeah. Like right now, I'm working uh, in pre-production on a pretty big video game project. And that one I'm not allowed to talk about, but um, so we're doing pre-production on that um, into next spring, I believe, um, next spring, next summer, and then we'll go into production. And then, um, you know, I, I pick up other stuff here and there as well, a little, some TV work and illustration work, you know, whatever, you know, the, What's nice is I can kind of pick and choose. Like if a project comes up and it seems really fun, then uh, then I can take it. So this video game project I'm working on is very very fun. Are you gonna work on like projects like this for your like kind of like your own personal creation? Like uh, yeah, like I've always got something going like of my own stuff as well. So um, I 
I'm just about finished storyboarding a new film that I'd like to work on. Um, this one's coming in at like three minutes though. So it's, it's more of a, a, yeah. a short film and less of a, a micro short. I'm assuming that was your dog. Uh, the white, the white, the white animal that came, that was a dog. Yeah. That's my dog, Leonardo. Scary. Yeah. He scared me for a second. I thought it was like a wolf. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a German shepherd, but he's all white. Yeah. That's, that's cool. So, okay. So, but Aubrey Grump is like, cause obviously if there was time and money and kind of resources. There's, there's something here, right? There's like, you can see kind of like the, the rewatchable potential here. You can see like, this is, there's something really, it's kind of like a gar, human Garfield in a sense, right? Like it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's how I would pitch it to, yeah, to yeah. you know what I mean? Sure. So, cause it's got that kind of like, there's something like he, he's grumpy, but he's, there's a lovable kind of aspect to it. Right. So. Yeah. Well, again, I, I keep coming back to the word relatable, right? It just yeah. feels relatable. Hundred percent. So I don't know, if, like I said, if you ever want to go back to it, but like it's like it's it, it is it, it's a testament to what you created the, 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 that says that everybody will kind of wants more of Aubrey 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 Grump. So yeah, I mean, I don't have any plans to do anything else with the character. Um, if something presents itself to my mind that makes sense, I would do it. But um, okay. for now, you know, always leave them wanting more, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, congratulations on the 52nd film. Uh, I, like, I like that what they're doing. Maybe you'll do another one for them or yeah. Thanks for sharing your stories and, uh, and hopefully we'll talk again when you make your next film. All right. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, keep doing this. Keep, uh, keep getting those short films out there. I appreciate that. Thank you for your kind words. All right. Thank you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Schlemiel.